Good afternoon, back community. Today, you are going to be listening to the raspy sounds of Jadakiss. Now, I'm just lying. You're going to be listening to the raspy sounds of Tyrell Hughes. Um, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, tell you guys that in advance. Sorry for the raspiness today. But today's guest is Miss Keisha Phillips uh, from Albany, New York, but now currently living in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she's going to be tonight's featured guest on the back community. So Keisha, thank you for giving me your time. Uh, and I look forward to diving into your story tonight. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and I can't wait to get started. Oh, 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 okay, okay, let's get to it then. <laughs> well, listen, for starters, um, you have that SB sign right in the back of you. Uh, so that's gonna help me to go ahead and uh, introduce you and start off um, my first question for you. I know who you are, but here's your opportunity to tell the Albany community, the back community, the capital district area about you. What does that SB stand for? Uh, and uh, 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 who are you, Ms. Keisha Phillips? Okay, so with your first question, what does the SB stand for? It stands for Sadie's Beauty, which is the name of my business, Sadie's Beauty Hair Boutique. I opened that in March of this year, 2021. Many people down here, they call me Sadie and I have to correct them because my name obviously is Keisha. Sadie is the name of my Grammy who raised me. So I wanted to pay homage to her. She's also from down here, not North Carolina, but South Carolina. So I wanted to name something after her since I didn't get a chance to name my first business after her. Um, a little history about me, born and raised in Albany, New York, never left until last year. And I don't know, I feel like I need to throw this in. I haven't been homesick once. So nice. yes, so for anyone scared to take a leap and leave home, listen, I feel like it's a must do, seriously. Um, as far as anything else about me, I've always grown up being a shy girl, knowing I have potential, but just not knowing how to get it out of me. And I had my friends who were a bit more outspoken than me. I was always the quiet, shy one. And then as I got older, I had job after job after job and what made me go into business for myself. And I'm probably fast forwarding here because you probably wanted to ask. <laughs> but go ahead. So maybe I'm I should eat my popcorn. <laughs> so I worked for a law firm for about a good year. And the way that I was treated there was very mm, dissatisfying. I was surprised at some of the things I witnessed and some of the things I had gone through. And I made up my mind that I no longer wanted to work for anyone else and decided to go into business for myself. Um, I don't know. I don't want to like overstep because well, I don't know. Well, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. I'll give you your next one. I'll give you your next one. Okay, cool. So, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you your next one. Uh, but um, you did mention that this is uh, you didn't get to name your first business after your grandma. Well, what was the first business? Was that the um, hookah lounge? I did remember seeing you have a hookah lounge too. Yes, um, okay. the lounge was GVO, but we pronounced okay. it as. It's still for good vibes only. So I didn't necessarily want to name the hookah lounge my Grammy just because it's about smoking and club life and well lounge life, and she just wasn't about that nightlife stuff. So I didn't want to name that after her. Okay. But yeah, 
been Jivo Hookah Lounge in 2018 um, and 2020, I closed it. And that was due to the pandemic actually. So, um, you know, everybody pretty much had to shut down in March of 2020. So what happened is that months are going by. I'm not getting any, any word on when I can open. Mm. At the, kind of freaking out. I had my little side hustles. I, I was innovative and I thought, okay, since the lounge is closed and I can't have people come to me, let me improvise and bring the hookah to people. So mm. I did hookah catering. I also sold my hookah products. I would just meet up with the customer somewhere or sometimes actually deliver, deliver it to your home. And you can purchase either a hookah, hookah products, you know, all type of things. Whatever I sold in the lounge, you could buy right off of me. Okay. 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 And did you have a question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I, I was actually, I'm still going back to something else that you said earlier. I also know why um, you haven't been homesick um, uh, since you have left because you happen to be in uh, my favorite city in the whole wide world. And there's no reason to be homesick if you are in Charlotte, North Carolina. So congratulations on that move and congratulations on not being homesick. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Actually, it feels like, and this may sound a little bizarre, but for some reason, I think the reason why I'm not homesick is because I feel like I've connected with my roots down here. Mm. Like, it's been mind-blowing to me that some buildings that are actually still standing are from those times. You know, I've been told that they're from slavery times. And the feeling that I feel when I drive through certain roads, I feel connected. Okay. So I think that's the reason why I haven't been homesick. Like I, I have no desire to visit Albany other than to see my family and friends and other things like that. But really, I, I feel good here in the Queen City. Hey, listen, the Queen City is good, and uh, Albany is trying its best. Uh, I've been up there probably for the last, I want to say, out of the last four weekends, I might have been up there the last three. Wow. Um, so uh, with different activities or, or, or uh, uh, handling our property there. But, um, and you're um, driving. Uh-huh. I, I love driving, man, because I'm a music head. I get a chance to listen to my music. Um That's you know, so my kids yep. don't mind traveling, huh? Yeah, six hours away. Yeah, yep. Well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now I'm flying back home, but that drive, woof. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Uh, right. Well, let me see. Uh, uh, well, um, uh, uh, one of the other things. Uh, that I always like to ask is, uh, uh, do you have any type of passion projects that you do outside of your business? I know you're a business owner. You typically uh, uh, run that. I believe I might have heard of uh, Building the Block. What's going on with Building the Block? And what's going on with uh, Keisha Goals and Fitness? Okay, so with Building the Block, okay. Well, I founded Building the Block because I noticed one thing that's popular down here in Charlotte is pop-up shops. Yeah. Now, Albany, I feel like I've only attended maybe one or two. They're not, they're not as popular, which they should be because mm -hmm. it allows small businesses to come together. 
whether you have a brick and mortar or not, brick and mortar means an actual location for those that don't know. But it brings everyone together and it keeps the money circulating in our community. You know, our people are coming, but also other people of other ethnicities and things like that, they're coming and they're spreading the love. And so with building the block, that's how it's starting out with a pop-up shop. So my first official pop-up shop will be next month. But I also want to show my co-founder, Fatisha, because she's in this along with me, Fatisha Thompson. And um, so yeah, once we start out with the pop-up shops and get that going, that's all about networking. You know, I'm not from here. I don't have any family or friends down here. So everything, every networking opportunity, I'm just like grabbing at it. You know, I've pop-up shops here myself. I've actually been a, uh, a vendor at a few pop-up shops. And it just allows me to meet so many other business owners as well as just the patrons in general. And I can tell them about my spot and things like that. So, you know, it's it's more to come with building the block because okay. I do back out to the community. Although I'm not from here, I've always been big on giving back and big on donating my time and my efforts to those in need. I'm really like, a huge humanitarian and somewhat of a philanthropist, but you know, I just, I, and I love to be there for folks. So that's what building the block is about. There's more to come. I just don't want to talk too much because I believe okay. in just zipping the lip until the actions are really moving forward. So. Okay. Yeah. I remember when, when I first, uh, when I seen the initiative, it made me think about, uh, uh my homeboy Lex, uh, Lex Bibbs, who went to undergrad with me down there at Johnson C. Smith. Shout out to keeping the money on the Ford. Um, but that was exactly, uh, uh, the premise behind, uh, keeping the money on the Ford. So our university is on, uh, Betty's Ford Road. And there's so many different black businesses, uh, throughout Betty's Ford Road. And some of them, most of them are associated with Johnson C. Smith uh, uh, alumni. So, wow. but uh, 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 he's created this um, organism uh, environment where he highlights all of the businesses and what they're doing and teaching everyone the importance of keeping the money on the Ford. So when I heard about your initiative of building the blocks, I was like, listen, man, you got to reach out to my man, Lex, because Lex would be a great contact. And if you haven't, Fold up your vendor spot yet. I'm just thinking of um, 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 a mom Powell. Uh, uh, he just moved down there from Albany too. And um, uh, he has the uh, 518 Soul Brothers. Uh, okay. uh, him and Lawan Cancer, they, uh, they sell sneakers. So uh, I, I can imagine that that might be an, an, an opportunity uh, to connect with a fellow Albanian while you're down there too. Yeah, hit me up. Okay. <laughs> follow the page that they feel like following and just send me a DM and we'll link and set it up. I do have some vendor spots available, so they are more below. Just let me know so we can schedule it out. Um, well, uh, is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So to touch on that, all right, so I worked with this company called TLC, Total Life Changes. This is something that I pretty much picked up during the pandemic, actually right before the pandemic hit. And um, what they have are products that like detox tea, um, other things that burn calories and give you energy. It's all natural, you know, multivitamins, things like that. 
So at first, originally, I jumped into it because I thought, you know, good side hustle. But as I took the products, they really do indeed work for you. So it gave me a lot of energy, perked me up. And then I just got big into my fitness. I've never been a stranger to fitness. And I love to work out. It's like, it's really a passion of mine. I love to work out. But taking those products and, you know, just selling the products to people and they're getting back to me with their testimonies and things like that. I just will work out for fun. I will work out in the gym seriously. But then when the pandemic shut the world down, basically, and shut the gyms down, I had to improvise. I'm like, okay, I started working out in the house. Then I'm like, listen, it's nice outside. I know we're told that we're on lockdown, but I want to go outside. So I would go to different places in Albany and just work out. And I would start recording myself for one so I could look back at the videos and see what I need to work on or, you know, what I need to improve and things like that. So then I just started posting it and people were getting inspired. Like I, I would receive all these type of inboxes saying that I was an inspiration, people asking to train with me. I've trained with a few people. Um, and then I also started, I'm sorry, there's actually customers pulling on my door. So I'm a little distracted. But um, I also, Lord have mercy. <laughs> you gotta excuse me. They're literally at my window, pressing their face to the window. Mm. So um, with the products and the working out, and then I also did these live videos almost every morning called Good Vibe Mornings, where I just send out inspiration, a good word, anything that was on my spirit, anything that I felt like I needed to speak about. And I guess that touched others as well. So I got good feedback off of that. And it just kept from there. Nice. Thanks. Let me see. Um... I like I said, I know you're presently in, in Charlotte, but I'm still going to bring you back to Albany because <laughs> one of the things I like to do is I like to highlight um, uh, the Capital District area because um, there's a lot of negative things that are shown and we don't always get a chance to highlight the, the positive people, the positive organizations, the, the people who are actually moving and shaking and making a difference. But so I'm going to bring some of these questions back to you about the Capital District starting with growing up in the Capital District area, what kind of programs or opportunities did you recall taking advantage of as a young adult? Okay, so I agree with you. They're always showing the downside to Albany and I can't stand that. I can't stand, I can't stand to see my city just on the bum end of the spectrum because Albany does have things to offer and there's a lot of people doing positive things and shout out to all the entrepreneurs that just came out of the woodworks, like between last year, this year, like it's been amazing. So as far as programs or organizations that I was a part of growing up, well, I want to think of myself as a very sheltered kid that I lived in like a bubble. So when I came out of that bubble, I remember going to the community center on Park Street. What was it called? Was it called the community that's center? Our, that's the Arbor Hill Community Center. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a dope little spot. You know, I remember playing foosball. I can see in my head, I can still picture what it looked like inside, but that was just a place to go to, to unwind as a kid, you know, growing up in Arbor Hill, that was right around the corner from where I lived basically. And it was just a fun place to go and just be a kid and just enjoy your friends and 
you had positive role models in there. Like it was just the spot to go to. And then of course the baseball film, I was, um, I was in little league. And then once I turned like 17 or 18, I was in, um, I was on the women's baseball team with Decky. Shout out to Decky. He still be Shout doing it. Yeah. To this day, he's still doing his thing, but those were the main two things that I remember being a part of. I unfortunately never experienced going away to camp. My cousin Kiesens did. And then like, you know, with me, they were too scared to let me go. I was like, listen. <laughs> so those were the main two things for me. But I always camp opportunity and the Boys and Girls Club, of course, little things like that. Or um, do you remember the Music Mobile? Definitely, I remember the music mobile. What are you talking yeah. about? Listen, I, I can probably sing the song. It's like something right along, sing a song with the music yeah. mobile. And it's a treat on the beat with something like that. But yeah, yeah man, music mobile was it. Like that. See, little things like that we forget about because I remember she used to come to the hood and park her van at the park that was on Colony Street. And yeah. we would me and my friends and stuff and we'll she'll have us make things I remember making a guitar out of a cardboard box and it was just a good I, I never know who that lady was maybe she just did it out of the kindness of her heart because we never had to pay anything for it but definitely I, I think she actually uh recently was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame uh really? don't quote me on that but I'm almost certain hold on one second okay Yeah, uh, I'm almost 100% certain she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But like I said, don't uh, don't quote me on that one. That would be so cool. I wonder what her name is. Is she still alive? Do you know? I don't know. And I only know that she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because uh, a previous guest brought her, uh, brought her up. And they, was, and, and they had actually said that uh, it might have been Mojave, um, but uh, he might have brought her up and, and, and mentioned that she actually did get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I never looked it up. So I guess I guess since it came up twice, I better go look it up. So I have my I have my facts in uh, I have my facts in order. Yeah, I figure people forgot about her. She deserves recognition. Uh, nah, she. Uh, it was her. Um, uh, uh, the dude who used to come by and, and, and fix your bikes. He used to he used to put um, um he used to set up shot right there on um what's that uh, Larkin Livingston. Yeah. Uh, the bike band. Um, but yeah, you had a lot of people people that donated their time, donated their resources, and a lot of it was free. I don't, I don't recall uh, any of those guys, even, even Pastor Charlie, you know I mean? A, 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 lot of, a lot of what they were doing in the community was to give back. And mm -hmm. um, we're missing a lot of that. A lot of the people that I've interviewed always talked about how each part of Albany had its own recreational centers. There were tons of after school uh, uh, programs. And now we're looking like, where did all of this stuff go? And now we're seeing the results of not having access to a lot of that. So that's why I like to ask, what were you involved in? Yeah. And then, you know, with technology, it's a blessing and a curse because mm, yep. they're glued to their phones. But it's not just the kids. It's also the adults, which makes it way worse. Like, I cannot stand to go out to eat and I see a family where everyone's in their phones. Yep. Like, like that's a time where you need to have a rule set where we put phones away unless it's business or an emergency that you have to you know check on then that's one thing but 
I cannot stand that. Like, even if I go out with someone, you cannot be glued to your phone. I will leave. I will leave. And I'm not just on a dating um, perspective. It's also like friends. Like, I just think that's to enjoy one another. Like, this is how it used to be. So with the technology, a lot of parents allow that to raise their children, which is sad, but it's true. So with the, I guess it basically replaced all the boys and girls clubs and community centers and things like that, because now kids just rather be glued to games and gadgets. So I think it doesn't have any real value though, Keish, you know, that doesn't give you life skills. Take that back because there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge upside in gaming too, where you can uh, make a lot of money off of it. If that's what you're utilizing it for, but Mm -hmm. I understand exactly what you're saying. It's just like, you know, it, you don't get that, you don't get that outside, outside activity because you're not going outside playing hide and seek. You're not going to go play basketball, football, play jump, uh, jump rope. Um, but, um, yeah, so I get you. Yeah. I had my daughter involved in everything growing up because I didn't want her glued to things. Now, granted, when she was a little bit younger, you couldn't even, there were no smartphones when she was a baby and a toddler. But, and I'm going to do the same thing with my son, have him involved in things. It doesn't necessarily have to be sports first thing, but, you know, he loves the water. So I'm getting him like, he knows how to swim. He taught himself, but why not be the best at what you like to do? That's what I, my kids see what they're into. And you know what, let's explore that and our all. And that's what we got to do. We just got to pay more attention to our kids, spend more time with our children, talk to them, read with them, you know? Reading is fundamental. Yes, it is. And sadly, I never was into reading before. I just, seriously, because I I didn't have anyone to really make me want to get into books. Sadly, there was one that actually read books to me growing up. So I didn't have a passion for it. I didn't have, it wasn't interesting to me. And I can say as of, which is going to sound sad, but I want to say this year, I've really, really gotten into books where it's like, I'm excited about reading, but it's more so because I'm finding books that actually feed me, you know, mentally and spiritually. And that's what I'm into. Like, I've gone through, I don't even know how many books within the last month or two. That's good, though. That's good. Like my pastor always says, he says, if you come out of this pandemic the same way you went in, you did something wrong. So if you picked up reading during this time period, you know, I mean, kudos to you. Shout outs to you, because, um, you know, I'm always big on uh, self uh, self improvement and self uh, empowering. And a lot of that comes from uh, what I eat uh, uh, or digest through my books. So, I've picked yeah. up a lot since this pandemic. I can say not just reading, but also finding myself. Mm. Like that's been a major thing. I can honestly say I was so lost in so much of my life. I was so lost. And now, like anybody that says that, oh, I knew her in middle school and stuff. Okay, you knew her. This person right here is totally different than that one. I mean, there's a little portion of me in there from you know maybe that high school girl or that middle school girl elementary whatever but I've yeah. 
Good. Well, I'm actually about to, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you about this evolution right here. Uh, somewhat. Uh, how did your friendships and bonds that you formed growing up in Albany affect your adulthood? Okay. So, <laughs> um, okay. You know what? Like I said, I'm an open book. So let's open the book. Okay. So I've had a lot of childhood friends. Um, and as I got older, I started to realize certain things, you know, like I was so lost. So I tend to, I was never one to follow the crowd, but at the same time, I felt like I could be easily manipulated. Gotcha. So things that didn't feel right within me, I still did anyway. I mean, I've never broken, I've never broken any laws or commit any crimes or anything like that. But I just mean like drinking wasn't my thing to this day. It still isn't my thing. Like maybe some wine or something like that or something occasionally, but it's just not my thing. Whereas the group that I hung around, it was their thing. So I made it become my thing, even though it tastes absolutely disgusting to me. It just <laughs> me, but I do it because all everyone that I hang with, they do this. So, but it was me not knowing me, not being strong enough to just be who I was. And I also, in my adulthood, I realized things from a child that I didn't know had names to them back then, like introvert. I didn't know that I was an introvert all my life. I didn't know that I was an empath. Like, I didn't know that um, I suffered with depression. I just knew that I was different and that no one could understand me. And I didn't even understand myself to know what I'm going through and why, and why this would happen here and there and just smack me out of nowhere. So it's a lot of things with that. And, um, I'm sorry, sometimes I tend to bounce around because you originally, no, 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 no. That, that was actually good. You're about to make me say the uh, same thing was just like, uh, uh, imagine moving forward through life and actually not knowing, like you said, uh, you weren't able to put a name on it. It was like, uh, it wasn't until maybe two years ago that I was able to, to realize that I had anxiety, right? And I, and I had never knew it. I, I got my first anxiety attack in like 2009. It was kicking my ass. And it was like, I had never been sick my entire life. I was like, I don't know what was going on, but I was getting ready to have my first kid. I had, I, I was working, I was running model. I had a bunch of stuff going on and I started having anxiety attacks and mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was just like, you know, uh, being able to uh, put a label on things also helps you to deal with things, to learn right. how to appropriately adjust. Right, absolutely. Because once you have that name towards this thing, you can actually look it up and see what you do about it or how you can improve or, or, I mean, I don't know if, like, I'm not claiming depression. One thing I've learned is that words are powerful and thoughts are powerful. So I say that I used to deal with depression. I've dealt with it since I've been down here. I dealt with it last year. But I made a vow that I'm no longer going to claim certain things. Like, it, that's a part of me. Like, no. Even if it, God forbid, happens again. I'm not gonna say I suffer from depression. I'm just gonna say, you know, it's it's something that I occasionally go through sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. 
So mentally, I, I think it's normal though. I think it's a uh, 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 one. The one thing I do like about the space that uh, we're moving into now is that it normalizes uh, the things that we actually go through. Because mm-hmm. anyone who's one hundred percent happy and chippery all day, you know, what I mean, that might be a problem too. You know, what right. I mean? it, it's ups and downs, it's, it's balances, and all of it. But and just realizing that we're all different people. And a lot of times you never really get a chance to see what kind of person you are until you start taking a deep dive to realize and say, hey, why am why am I this way? There's a book right here called How We Love that changed my life. And it was just like, wow, it really will tell you how you end up uh, how you end up loving uh, uh, another person has everything to do with how you first were uh, were introduced to love. And that still carries on to our adulthood. Right. Like imagine not knowing why you operate the way that you do until you start doing it. So, you know, Mm -hmm. shout out to you for taking the time to dive into yourself during this time period of self-reflection, because that's the number one investment any of us could do. Yes, uh, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, transparency is everything. Cause like you said, putting a name to it. And then there's so many other people that are going through the same thing that feel like they're abnormal, feel like no one understands. And then they can look at someone like you or I and be like, oh, he goes through that too. Oh, she said that she goes through that sometimes. And look what she's doing with herself or look what he's doing with himself. So I make every point to be as transparent as I possibly can. I don't mind sharing what I've been through because I'm healed from that. And it took all the way up until this year for me to be able to confidently say I am healed from childhood trauma, things like that. Occasionally there may be there may be something that I'm still working on, but, you know, it's recognizing the triggers yep. and recognizing just what you're going through because I used to have abandonment issues, you know, with my parents. I, I felt like they both abandoned me at a young age, which is why I was raised by my Grammy. So growing up in life, I was scared to lose people or yep. I'd dismiss them before they could dismiss me because for some reason having that control of being the one to say I'm out of here made healing from it much easier but if someone believe me then I'm trying so hard to like pull them back it's actually it's actually um it's uh coping mechanisms like uh we all have coping mechanisms right no I'm not no therapist but uh, one is it, we all have coping mechanisms. We have defense mechanisms that uh, that we uh, utilize mm-hmm. and it helps us to get through certain seasons of life. Right. Yeah. And uh, but what I've also learned through therapy, too, is that um, those coping mechanisms that we have are are to be used for a particular season. You know, mm-hmm. something that got you through when you were in high school or in uh, uh, your young adult years, you might not need that same approach right, right now in your mid 30s or something like that. Right. So it's just realizing that we all have coping mechanisms as well and realizing when is it time to let certain things go and embrace something new. Um, right. Because I think where some of us get into problems is holding on to the same things that we've been holding on to. Absolutely. Uh, for every season of life. Absolutely. Part of evolving is letting go because you have room for something new. So that therefore something old must go. And that's the thing that I've learned because I, like I said, I had a problem with letting things go, letting people go. Just, it was tough for me 
But I've noticed that one thing I can confidently say is God got me and he don't play about me. So when something is taken away now, I openly am acceptable with it. Like I, I say, thank you because it was removed for a reason, just like anything that I went through prior in my childhood or whatever, you know, you get those times where you're like, why me? Why did I have to go through this? And that used to be me to say those things, but being where I am now, I can look back and see why those things had to happen because it molded me into who I am today. If life was too easy, when something hard comes along, I'd probably, God forbid, want to take my own self out or something because it's just something that I'm not used to dealing with. So I'm not prepared for that. So everything that I've been through prior prepares me for what's coming. And now I'm just like relentless. Now it's like, I mean, resilient, like whatever comes my way, instead of thinking like, oh, I can't do this. I give up. It's more like, all right, so let's figure this out, Keisha. I talk to myself too, openly, loudly, like I'm talking to you. I'll be like, so what we gonna do? And I'll as, sit there. As, as long as you don't answer yourself, we good, Keisha. I Because <laughs> who else gonna answer me? I answer my face, okay, so what we gonna do today? You know what? What we're gonna do is we're gonna figure out how we're gonna get through this. Like that kind of thing. I'm not like, hey, so what do you want to do today? Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> now that <laughs> that's done. But yeah, life teaches us, man. Life has taught me so much. I'm so thankful. I'm grateful that I'm still here. I'm grateful that I inspire folks in any way that I can, whether it's in, to inspire you to love yourself more, inspire you to work out, inspire you to eat right, inspire you to go after your dreams. Whatever it is, I'm glad that I'm here for it because I'm a firm believer that we're not here just for ourselves. We're here to, to love on one another, to build one another up. And you know, if I feel like for whatever reason, a person has no place in my life, I'm gonna let them go because I'm not here for nobody to bring me down. I did enough of that. So life has taught me some things. Okay, okay. let me see. Uh, 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 talking, uh, you mentioned gratitude. Um, so, and, and having, uh, um, gratitude towards life, uh, how have you been impacted by gun violence in the capital district area? Oh man. So even though I'm all the way down here, it still affects me seeing what's going on in my hometown. Of course, I love Albany, you know, I've been wanting to get away from it. Yes. But that's not because of Albany periods just because I wanted to grow. Yeah. But as far as hearing about all the gun violence, you know, it, it's gotten to a point where as much as I need to be on Facebook or, or social media for my businesses and to keep in contact with people, I really don't like it because I don't know, it seemed like it was a month straight where all I was seeing was pray for me, rest in peace. This one got shot, that one got killed. Like, just seeing so much hurt going on. And like I said, I'm an empath, so I can feel what others are feeling, which is not a blessing because sometimes it really drains you out. Thanks. And, you know, I send my condolences, of course. And when I'm one of those people where I'm not going to put praying hands and stuff, I'm actually going to pray for you. Yeah. 
because what is an emoji? That's not a real prayer. I'm going to pray for you. I don't need to tell you I'm praying for you. You know, the only one who needs to hear it is God. So that's who I'm praying to for you. But it's been hurtful. It's, it's definitely hurtful. I wish I could just pick the people up in the city of Albany and move them. I feel like Albany needs a reset. It needs a reset. It needs to be rebooted. Everybody needs to get out and let that start all over again with a new group of people. Because sometimes that's well, that what it reset, That reset is happening. It's, it, it's, it's too funny because um, there's a good population of Albany that either lives in Charlotte now or <laughs> in, in the DMV area. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, uh, and for one, for Charlotte, I've been putting Charlotte out there since 2001. I just had a, a Facebook memory remind me uh, when I started there in 2001. I was just like to see where Charlotte was then to now is amazing. And to yeah. see how it's just going to continue to grow is just like, holy jamoli. But yeah, that's know, actually- everyone deserves that. Charlotte. That, huh? that makes I said, that's what made me choose Charlotte because I had a few options in mind. And well, that's one of the reasons why I chose Charlotte is because I heard that it was up and coming for black businesses. Mm-hmm. Second reason I moved to Charlotte, was, it was the closest to Albany. I'm gonna just be real <laughs> because I was thinking like either Texas, Florida. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I kind of crossed Florida out of there because as much as I love to visit Florida, I'm like, Florida is always on the breath the breakfast club like Charlotte <laughs> people in crazy things so I'm like it must be something in the water no thanks like I'll just leave the visiting side of things but Charlotte was the closest and with me here coming for black businesses I wanted a part of that so <laughs> that's what made me choose Charlotte I didn't know you went so hard for Charlotte though that's news to me what? I had to like for years, for years, I would bring people to, uh, especially when the CIAA tournament came to Charlotte, um, before it became big and popular, I would bring about seven or eight people from uh, from Albany with me every year down really? to Charlotte. Yeah, it was like, listen, Charlotte I, changed my life, man. Yep, I'll I, be there next month. I'll, I'll be there next month and, and October. I'll be there September and October. You know, I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte's my, that's my, that's my favorite city in the world. Long story short, but. I never got the chance to experience CIAA. And then I'm down here and I'm told, oh, this last year was the last one. Now it moved. Like, great. Yep. Now it's there. Yep. Now it's there. It's it's in the DMV area. It's going to be in Baltimore. A lot of people say they think it's going to come back. Well, um, CIAA grew tremendously in Charlotte. So when it was in Raleigh, it was nothing like it was uh, uh, in Baltimore. I don't see it having the same effects that it did in Charlotte. So so we'll see, we'll see. Well, I hope it comes back before I'm... Yeah, so I don't think um, uh, the C- uh, CIAA uh, uh, tournament that whole weekend or, or that week of experience is gonna be the same, but nevertheless. We will see. I hope it comes back before I'm too old to enjoy. Well, I'm happy it's here anyhow. So now I, I only got to go 25 minutes and I can go see what it's going to be like. And if it's whack, I can come right back home. So. Well, you just make sure you let us know how it is. I got you covered. I got you covered. <laughs> let me see. Uh, Akish, if you could prevent uh, a young person uh, from making a single mistake in their life, what would it be? What would you recommend? Um, 
Hmm. Let's see. Well, honestly, I got to say that I feel like I feel like our mistakes is what helps us grow. If and make mistakes, then I, I it wouldn't be realistic. Like it wouldn't be life. So we need those experiences. We need to make mistakes so we could grow from them and learn what not to do anymore. That's the whole purpose of a mistake, I feel. But when you it, like they say, it becomes a choice. Now that's on you, bro. But as far as mistakes, there's there's really I like that. I, there's really nothing that I would I would say, listen, go through your mistakes because you're gonna learn from them, hopefully. Okay. So that's my answer. <laughs> What does success look like to you? How do you define uh, success? My definition of success is knowing yourself, being at peace with yourself and doing what feels good to you. I feel like life is about doing what feels good. Not selfishly, you know, not that, but when you feel good, you do good and it just it it just transfers it it it's like like when I feel great for some reason people start gravitating towards me and then I'm able to share that greatness that feeling with them so with success I mean a lot of people will familiarize it with oh I got 12 cars in the driveway um I I own a a plane, a jet, and, you know, just all this, all this materialistic things. Yeah. Whereas those things don't appreciate, they depreciate. So over time, it's like, what are those things really worth? I mean, assets are cool and things like that, but success to me is when you just feel good within yourself and what's around you, what you surround yourself with, you know, what you're putting out there, what's being given to you pouring in each other's cups and things like that. But success to me is much deeper than what I thought it was a few years ago. I can honestly. Nice. Yeah. Let me see. And huh? I said, what else you got for me? Let's go. Listen, I got, I got two more questions for you and I know you're a busy woman. I'm going to let you go. But this is a, a good one for you, too, because uh, you wear multiple hats. Not only are you a mom, you're a business owner and uh, you're a community activist through what you're doing with building the blocks. Uh, how do you maintain a healthy work life balance? Did you say a healthy work life or workout life? No, no. Work, uh, work and life balance. Work life oh. balance. Honestly, like, OK, so this is how I start out. I when I wake up in the morning, I get on my knees and I pray. Then actually, let me start that all over. When I wake up, I say, thank you, God. I lay there for a moment with my eyes closed and I try to set my intentions for the day, like what I my way, just claiming it, putting it out there. Then I pray. I also try to find time to meditate. I won't front and say I meditate every day because I don't. But and then I, <laughs> I get up, I do my stretching. Sometimes I'm able to get a workout in. If not, I work out here in the shop, which if I took this apron off, you would see that I got on workout gear and I bring my weight here. 
So it's like, it's like finding what works for you because at first I would be stuck in here all day and night. By the time I leave, it's no time to go work out because I need to go straight home and cook and blah, blah, blah. So I had okay well there's not customers in here all day every day so in between customers this is a good amount of space over here on the other side of this camera and I bring my weights and sometimes I record myself sometimes I post it you just have to find a balance of how everything can work in your life and sometimes that means sitting yourself down and figuring out how you can make things work and that's the balance because with my last business I got so overwhelmed I basically buried myself a lot. And I promised myself, I'm not doing that with this business. I'm not letting business control me. I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity that comes my way. One of them being you reaching out to me saying, listen, I want you on my podcast. I'm like, let's sure. do it. Let's do it. So it's, it's me sitting myself down, making promises, vows to myself on how I can become the best version of myself. And all of that is key, like the balance is key for me. So that's how I make it all fit. Somehow, some way, it gets done. Okay, okay. Well, with a name like Keisha Goals, it, it, it has to get done. So Listen. <laughs> Let me see. This is, um, uh, I have two more questions for you. So this is my second to last question. Mm -hmm. Thinking of your younger self, Keish, what is something you wish someone would have taught the younger version of Keisha Phillips? That's a good question. There's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> just I, one, just one. Okay, just one. I wish that someone taught me how to truly love myself from within. Because I was always told since a baby all the way up to now, like you're pretty, you're beautiful, things like that. But no one taught me how to love me. So it's like, although the world saw this pretty girl, I didn't feel like I was pretty. Because mm. I knew what I was going through internally. And I thought that people could see that, but they just lied to me instead by giving me compliments. Mm. So it's like I had a lot of insecurities and and you know, self-esteem issues, all that stuff going, going on. And, you know, the men in my family, they can be vicious. Like, you know how the men like to joke a lot, but they don't realize that sometimes you're putting insecure mm -hmm. child. So I had my uncles that would be like calling me, my one uncle calls me big head, which <laughs> he was right. <laughs> And I've accepted my big head. You know, I love my big head. But <laughs> as a child, you don't want to hear yeah. that. Like, you're taking it as a joke. Then when they keep on telling you that, you start looking at yourself like, and I was so skinny back then. So it just I almost looked like a little bobblehead to me and my. And like, you know, they'd say other things and it really started just festering in me that it was true. Like, oh, they're saying it in a joking way, but it's true. So I just think like, you know, it's so important to give our children compliments and, and just instill that strength in them and talk to them because that's what I do. My son won't allow you to call him cute. He will correct you right away. I am handsome yep. because that's what his mama says to him. 
And, you know, I have affirmations on his wall in his room. And we I, go today and we say, I am strong. I am smart. I am confident. I am a good person. I am awesome. I am a king. We always end with, I am a king. So, you know, as he grows, it will be more intense, like not intense, but we'll add more to it. But he's only five. We keep it simple. But it's important because he knows he's handsome through me telling him he's handsome. So what we say, like they say, the, the word is mightier than the sword or the tongue is mightier than the sword. So we have to be careful with what we say to our children, even playing around with them because they may take it seriously like I did. You know, it was just played to them, to my uncles. They meant no harm. But yeah. I started literally and figured that, oh, it must be true. So we have to be careful with what we say to our children. And that's what I would have taught younger Keisha. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and I, I, think, I, I think you were, I think you hit it spot on because being mindful of what you say, not only being mindful of what you say, but being mindful of how you how you say it matters. And it's not until you go through enough situations and, and, and fuck up some things and get it wrong that you realize that, you know, maybe I could have did this a little bit different. So, you know, you uh, and you realize the effects that you leave on other people. Like you were saying, your uncles are joking, but there's still lingering things that happen behind that joke. I was just uh, with my two youngest and my, and my nephews uh, all in the car the other day. And I'm, and I'm telling them, I was like, you know, y'all gotta watch how y'all talk to each other, right? And it was just like, you know, as siblings, you typically, you, you laugh, you joke, you, you know what I mean? Uh, you gonna do that. But at the same time, you might be unconsciously building insecurities in the people that you love. And that's not what you want. But yeah, I, I, I like that one, Keisha. Absolutely. I like that. And this is my final question for you for the evening. This is my favorite question from season one, and I brought it back to season two. Okay. What is your favorite place to visit in Albany and why? Mm, I know that one. Hands down. Ah. Hands down. And you better not say Ted's Fish Fry or something like that. Oh my gosh. Why well, had to be food though? Listen, listen. For some reason, I must say, why do you say Ted's Fish Fry? I was a foodie in my past life, okay? Okay. okay. No, fish fry. <laughs> it's actually um, the waterfront. Nice. Because I'm at peace near water. So back home, I used to drive down to the waterfront, just park, and be there for hours. Either I would be reading a book or I'd be down there just staring at the water, almost like in a trance because not only did it bring me peace, but it allowed my thoughts to flow. So I I don't know if that's the best way that I can explain it other than that is sort of inexplainable because I just, I feel like I'm meant to be there. Like whenever put me, not in front of a pool because it's not the same thing, but even when I went to the beach recently the other day, I could sit there. I'm one of those people that I could be there all day and all night if you let me. Just the sounds of waves and be staring at the water and just the type of thoughts that gravitate to me, like just start brewing in my head. I'm like, man, like I should have 
they should put like a college on the beach because (laughs) (laughs) all type of degrees and stuff like that but yeah that's my that's my place that's my happy place okay and I care a lot during the pandemic and stuff because it was tough like I'll say this real quick it was tough knowing that my business was closing down and at the same time simultaneously the the landlord of my home was selling the home. So I had both of these things happening at the same time. And I just took it like the ultimate sign that it's time to go. And what I tell people is that I turned my breakdown into a breakthrough. Cause nine times out of 10, when you're going through some breakdown stage or period in your life, that breakthrough is right around the corner, but you just can't give up. You gotta push through because it's right there for you. You just have to, you just, you have to believe, you really have to believe that things are going to work out for you. And I'm telling you, I'm more than likely we're going to end this and it's going to be so much that pops in my head. Like, oh my God, I should have said that. And I should have said that. (laughs) That always happens. But if there's anything that I wanted to leave out there is for anyone going through things, which there's so many people going through things. We're getting discouraged day by day with all the COVID numbers going on and all the stuff that they're pumping into our brains, which I don't even watch the news. I stopped years ago. But, you know, on social media, it's everywhere. You know, they control the masses through fear. So you just have to, you have to, you have to be strong. You really do. You have to be strong-minded and strong-willed. And if there's a business that you want to go for, or if there's a passion that you have, just go for it because this life ain't promised to no one. And that's what I every single day of my life, that tomorrow could be the last day. What am I going to do today? And- okay. Okay. You have heard from Miss Keisha Phillips, Miss Keisha Goes, Miss uh, uh, Sade's uh, 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 was it? Uh, beauty hair for be- Sade's beauty hair boutique. It's Sadie's. Sadie's. God damn it! It's a song. Look, listen, listen. Say, uh, in my mind, in my mind, I said that I was saying it right. Anyway, Sadie's, sweet Sadie's. Uh, Keish, um, I'm absolutely proud of you. I'm happy for you. One, like I said, you're in my favorite city in the world. So shout out to Charlotte. Uh, 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 do your thing there um and continue to uh, uh be a vibe like you said uh, uh what's the name of your previous business business good vibes only continue mm-hmm. to be a vibe continue to grow sprout and, and and do you i really just want to say thank you for coming on to the back community um it was a pleasure getting a chance to listen to your story to find out uh, to find out how you elevated and what you're doing now so shout outs to you and thank you for coming on the back community Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. And I am as equally proud of you, sir, because you know you've been in, up in the community for a long time. So I'm not surprised to see where you are now. And shout out to you, the wife, the kids, send the love and you're doing your thing. Just keep going. Sky Thanks, is- we'll do, we'll do, man. Same to you. I'll play catch up with you later. All right. Thank you. Salute.